Testing. The word of God says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. To the secret place welcome youtube welcome facebook wherever you're watching we want to welcome you to the secret place and remind you that the secret place stands on psalms 91 he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty so joining us in the secret place today we have call you the game changer how you doing today hello hola how y'all doing we have sonia What's going on, Sonia? Hi. What's up, Doc? <laughs> and we have Fortunay. What's going on, fam? <laughs> All right. So before we jump, before we jump in, just want to invite everybody to go ahead and hit the like button. Make sure you share. Get it out. Get the word out. And uh subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's at the secret place. That is T-H-E-E, the secret place. So what are we talk about today? Uh, so a couple of topics: the, the hug scene around the world. We're gonna talk about some some seven million dollar ads and is it truth or petty now? So we're gonna go into our first topic of the evening, and I'm gonna share a picture with y'all. 
the hug seen around the world. So Super Bowl came, Super Bowl passed this past weekend, and uh, it had some headlines. You know, Usher was the, the, the halftime show. A lot of people say he was one of the top five. And they, you know, Alicia Keys came out. that They did my boo. So this was the hug that was seen around the world. <laughs> so the question is, was was the hug a little extra or was it just entertainment? So Toy the Game Changer, what you think, Jake, about the hug that was seen around? I don't know if you saw the hug because I know you was on the road, but... Yeah, um, I wasn't really into the whole Super Bowl thing, especially since the Saints wasn't in it. So, um, anywho, far as looking at this and knowing that Alicia Keys is married and Usher is, I think he's married now again. Um, honestly, th this is these people' jobs. I mean, if you followed Usher when he was, um, in Vegas, uh, doing his residency he did this a lot so um i really personally feel like this was just acting their job i didn't i didn't really take it no other kind of way now you know maybe um you know he got a little too close and alicia key she acting like she just a little happy meal right there as well like she's enjoying it a little too much but then again, like these people are entertainers. That's what they do. They entertain. So um, as long as their spouses um, have set boundaries and they know going into it, okay, this is just a job or whatever for me then. And they have that open line of communication. And to me, I don't, it's just work. That's how I look at it. Okay. So I think. Think past. I see you see them thoughts just flowing on through. It, I look at it, and from a man's standpoint of view, when you look at it, you like, man, this dude kind of close to my wife. But Divine Franklin, and we know Divine Franklin was married to Megan Good, and we know some of the roles that Megan Good played in some of the things that she did. And a question was asked him, and it was like, how do you feel about your wife? playing some of the roles that she plays and in some of the scenes that she is. And Devon Franklin says, it's her job. He says, so because it's her job, she's an entertainer. I can't get mad because I knew what I was getting myself into. And I think we put so much, too much emphasis on what, what, what the hug was about. I mean, it's it just, it's a part of the act. I think we just took it a little bit too far. I think we read so deep into it. And even um, Swiss Beats put out a um, he put out a tweet and said, "Man, did you see how good she looked in that dress? Do you see that they're making history? Like Swiss Beats, like I'm not even worried about Usher, man. Look at my wife. So I feel like if he's comfortable with it, if she's, and I'm more than sure that they agreed to do it beforehand. So why are we being so petty about something that's just mundane? This is a part of their act." Okay. Sonya, what do you think about the hug that was seen around the world? Uh, well, three observations. First thing, I agree with both of you. It's her job. It was all in fun. Her husband didn't have a problem with it. Um, 
Second thing was, if you've ever listened to any Usher song, one in particular stands out. It says, don't leave your girl around me, right? He says that <laughs> in, the, in the lyrics. So you already know what it was. If you ever listen, I'm going to an Usher concert. Listen, I've already told the person that I'm dating. Put me up at the top. Because if I get close enough, it might have an issue. That's the second thing. I'm gonna let that slide. The third thing is, you know, Super Bowl performance. This is off the subject, but J State Band uh, was there in the midst of it all. J I'm State. a Southern University of Miami, you know. <laughs> I know some J State people out there. We was talking, they was talking about it. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I say, Coach Prime got y'all that gig, huh? Y'all made a phone call. I, I see. It was all in fun, you know. I mean, her husband didn't have an issue, but I don't see anything wrong with it. Well, I mean, but he's uh, the same person who says she'll keep your secrets. Uh, so, hey, <laughs> 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 me. They safe with me. Hey. So, and then we don't want them to come out with these are our confessions later I on mean, either. He I got mean, a new album. Coach. He ain't sing that. One. He ain't sing confessions. I you noticed that. I mean, and you know, the first song on his album is "I'm Coming Home." So, <laughs> I mean, so I, I'm I'm different on the panel because I thought it was extra. To be honest, I was like, "Whoa!" I'm gonna surprise you. So, so why so you thought it was keys. extra? Like, so we you know, know, I mean, because he he like. Let me put the picture back up. Hold on. He like got in it. Like he got the arm. Look what his the glove is like wrapped. He like anybody in his bottom lip. You know. And then it was one way it was they were smiling and she was like, ah. I was like, I know they singing and it's the song and it's my boo and you like acting it out. But I was like, you know, when y'all made the song, y'all might have been in different situations. But you know, things have changed now. Y'all, you know, she married. He supposedly have a fiance. I don't know what his situation is, but you know, y'all could get that same message across and maybe not oversell it. You know, but I think it was a little extra. I'm not saying it was out the box. I mean, if her husband is fine and they cool, then cool. That's y'all house. It's whatever. I'm not judging it, but for me, I think it was a little extra. Just a little extra. I, I mean, if we go. I mean, if we're going to pick that out, we might as well pick the fact that she had on a red dress. And, you know, they say anybody that have on red is part of the Illuminati. If you go, I mean, that's, a whole, nother, that's a whole nother. I mean, if we're going we to pick, we pick something that mundane, we might as well pick it all out. It's like Denzel getting a divorce because he kissed a woman on film. Like, And then yeah. go, to go back to your point for today with the, uh, the movie roles with Megan Good, it's like, okay. We married now. You on camera. If you doing these, you know, you we didn't got married and you didn't took like five movies and they all got these extra, you know, love scenes in them, like with these top, you know, actors, like why are you taking all these roles? Like, you know, I, I kinda think you could be more a little bit more selective. I, I mean, is it the I, is it I, the I, appearance look. of, you know, still I get what you're saying, but think about how many people that are in Hollywood that are married, that are taking roles in certain movies and videos or whatever. Nine times a ten, like I said earlier, you knew what you signed up for. So when you signed on to be married to that person, you signed on to 
not just the person that you signed on, but you also signed on to their quote-unquote alter ego. Whoever they signed that contract for, that's who that person is. And according to contract obligations that you are supposed to, you know, carry out. So, I mean, at the end of the day, that's, I mean, that's what they do. That's their lifestyle, and they have to make it do what they do. Yeah, I mean, I feel you. I mean, like I said, I know you signed up for it. That's what it is. But, I mean, I think we'll just have to talk about it. Y'all know that everything goes in Hollywood, one of the comments. Well, I I personally feel um, that, you know, like you said, um, if if he knew that she was married, I mean, if, she, if he knew already prior to being married that, you know, this is just my job, my line of work. And, and Talton, if we're going to go based on what you're saying for is you think it was a little bit extra. I mean, you it to me, it would feel like you would make that person, um, you know, basically choose between their career and you. You know, you will put them in a hard place to where ultimately that would cause some type of strife within the marriage because this is this person's passion. It's been a passion for years yeah. since they existed. And then here you come along. Yeah, I love you. But at the same time, you you backing me in against the wall because I know it makes you uncomfortable. And if I'm going to come home and we about to be beefed out because of my job, you know, um, this is something we just recently went through so I can speak firsthand. If it's something based on my job, it's like, now you putting my back up against, you know, in the corner, like, damn, like now I got to choose. Now it's the ultimatum and it's not really fair, you know, cause if, if they continue to choose their job and not you, it's not that they love you less. It's just that you knew what it was, you know? So how is that fair to the other person? If you know, is no disrespect. It's just their job. Well, um, in their situation, um, you know, it wasn't. You know, the, the husband was fine with it. But in, let's say in a situation where the husband was uncomfortable with it, and she still would were to do it, I would say, you know, we when we look at fairness, we often look at the person that's posing the question, that's receiving the question, versus the person that's posing the question. So, okay, it's it, it you may feel that it's unfair for you to have to choose between your job and your spouse, but your spouse is is feeling like it's they automatically have to <clears throat> submit to your job. So, how, is that fair for them to just have to automatically accept it cuz that's your job, I signed up for it. When we get so, married, when a, when when two people get married, they're supposed to leave their old selves behind and become one. A new, you know, one flesh. So, so at so, that point, you know, where's the, where's the fairness on the other end? So, so that's a hard place to be in. And the reason why I'm saying that is because, in the role that I do operate in, you you telling somebody that, you know, I'm a preacher, and you telling me that somebody who hasn't does not have much of a church background or if they do have a church background they don't have the one where they want the 
lap of luxury of a preacher's wife, they would just rather be in the back. And you were telling them like, hey, this is what I need you to do. This is what I'm expecting you to do. Like I've realized that you get more with honey than you get with than you than what you get with salt. So it's it's a I think it's a way of doing things to make a person feel comfortable and to make them want to do it compared to just being in a place to where um they have to choose. Because if you if you put if you put a person in a situation to where they have to choose, sometimes you might not win that battle. Not gonna like their choice, yeah. <laughs> and then and then how would you feel about that if you this if especially this the person that you say you love and you say God put y'all together, but you be telling this person that they got to choose, that's not a good place to be in. I, so and you brought up a good couple to well they're not a couple no more i don't think but the megan good and the pastor situation because now she's married into that role of a first lady if he's a pastor right so right. now she's in the spotlight and in certain events you know she coming out with the 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 dresses that might be a little extra revealing that you might not be accustomed to your first lady being in and that role that she that she's kind of married into do you think i mean is that something that they should have kind of discussed beforehand like look is this something we could dial back is this or is this not something that we you know or did you know what you think they was okay with that or you think they just kind of let it come up as it came up and then it ended up being mm. breaking up you you know what you signed up for I said it was not a Megan Good role that I ever saw her covered up with the whole full <laughs> armor guy. No way. So he knew who he married. <laughs> Just silly. You on mute. You on mute. I don't know. I got you. I don't know why they divorced, but it was a uh something that it was an event that they went to when they were married. And somebody in the audience came out and said, uh, Megan, so you're going to cover up, right, girl? And he actually checked oh, that person. He was like, no, she don't have to cover up nothing. Like, he he checked that lady. Like, who are you to check my wife about what she's wearing? If I'm good with it, like, this my queen. If this is my queen. And he, Megan didn't have to say anything. As a husband, he checked the lady for Megan. And I I really appreciated him doing that because I'm sure she got a lot of um, just a lot of scrutiny just from all of the two saved biddies in the church. You know, I'm sure she got, you know, talked about like a dog. I'm sure he got dragged like a dog or whatever. And that was probably constantly a battle that they both had to experience, you know, on both ends. Like she wasn't used to being the first lady. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he wasn't used to being put on front street like your wife or hussy or whatever, even though that's her job. But at the end of the day, it was about what we both are going to do together. You know, you know, if God be for us, who could be against us as long as we, our connection, our bond is solid and we going to fight against the world. And I admire that. Now, what they broke up for now, I don't know. Maybe the stress of it all got to them. Who knows? But I think it got to me again. Okay. Yeah, because I think that they had a disagreement. And um, I guess there was something that 
they had an agreement in the beginning of it, and then I guess it didn't come to fruition, so they parted ways. So let me say this. Um, so many people know what they want. I say this a lot of therapy. They know what they want, but they don't know what they value. They believe that what they want is ultimately what they value. So a lot of women and men get married because they want to be a husband. They want to be a wife, but they value something else where your treasure is. That's where your heart is. So I know, for example, I can't be a first lady. I will not marry a pastor because I value a certain amount of autonomy and freedom that being a first lady would not allow me. So to marry a pastor, knowing what comes with that, unless he values what I value, it's just not going to work. I, I don't see it. I see people need to know what they value so they can choose better in life. So so, so back in my younger uh, DJing days, I had a, because um, I was still, you know, the, the save DJ. I had a, a little rap that I made up. Um, it was It was still a bounce beat. You know, I'm from New Orleans, but. Um, you know, it kind of went something like, you know, now you can meet me at the altar in a white dress, but it's just one thing that I got to stress. I ain't looking for a wife. I need a first lady. See what I'm and saying? That wasn't first work. lady. You can have my baby. Like that was the, that was the line. <laughs> Good job, Toya. <laughs> I got two, I got two kids now. So. Good job. Right. This so is our first so, time hearing that. Okay. So that was so I guess that was in a vow somewhere. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> he made free, and that song stood out to me because I was one of the co-writers on that back oh, in the yeah. day, Shout and I'm to, just a freedom-loving person. Shout out to Feliciana Spice. <laughs> so I think I think the hardest thing with with that is because I saw somebody put something about uh, dating and you have to know these things. I think a lot of times what we do is we feel like, uh, like asking those questions of your do's and don'ts. Man, one thing I realized is that people say whatever they need to say to get in the door. Because man, as, as much as we want to sit down and talk about it, it's not that people, they want a good life. Let me say it like that. They want a good life. And some some sometimes you'll push away the red flags and you'll you'll kind of drop your guard on some of your things that you won't tolerate to make Facts. i guess make that yeah make that person happy and then you end up in a situation and you're like well, wait hold on i i kind of succumbed i've allowed myself to succumb to some things that i normally wouldn't tolerate and I think that's the problem. Even though a lot of times people tell us, you know, you see red flags run. Man, all red flags don't mean run. Because, I mean, Toya, you probably can say. I mean, not Toya, Sonya, you can probably say. Sometimes red flags just mean somebody just needs to be counseled out of a certain situation because people are dealing with certain things. So I think we, it, it's, it's a hard place to be in. It's, it's certain red flags that you got to, you gotta you gotta have your moral your moral compass your moral right. base right and then some things are superficial um like one of my things is me being me um my upbringing some little leftover in there 
Um, I was I don't like tattoos. Like I don't have a tattoo on my body. I don't like tattoos. I I preferred to be with somebody, a spouse that didn't have tattoos. My wife has four. So certain things you got <laughs> she is thug. Certain things you gotta get over. Um and I I just through the dating process after you you get older, you realize certain things are just like superficial. That's not a really a moral thing. I I used to tie tattoos to the moral part, but you know, that was people taking the scriptures out of context. Mm. You know, you're not supposed to, you know, put anything on your body like that's you know, like necromancy, like worshiping the dead. And that's that tattoo verse is like taken out of context a lot. But I had to get that's one of the things that was superficial. Like if I was in if I was like stern on that, I would probably have a very hard time. I'd probably be single somewhere. Man, if I was if I was stern on half of my non negotiables, I know <laughs> I wouldn't be married. One of my non negotiable was I'm single. I have no kids. Oh. So that's a if you got kids, I don't care. It's a no. I don't that's care. Why I, I keep the cup so I could just I'm, drink I'm, I'm, when I'm, I'm, I before I'm, so I don't say nothing that husband keep a cup with you if you talking with some friends and stuff and your wife right there and they say something you want to jump in and you know you're not supposed to just I, I'm just saying no I'm just talk. saying and never one one I mean even at one point one of my non-negotiables was I don't want to date church women. And I was like, one of the things in the beginning, I was like, man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a up and coming preacher, I'm a minister. So I felt like, as a minister, I needed somebody that would fit that role of a pastor's wife. Man, and I started dating these church girls, and I realized that the girls in the world, they're about the same. And 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 them, them right. Church the, women, oh, I'm just Beyonce being church girls. I, but I'm just being so one thousand. I feel like some of them church women are worse than the girls in the world. They are so judgmental. Like, well, you doing this and you shouldn't be doing that, and then she turn around and she doing it. I'm like, wait, hold on, how you gonna sit up and hold me to a standard that you're not even holding yourself to? But I think like we spend, like you say, we spend so much time being superficial. Because I know that I've probably missed out on some great people. And I thank God for what I have now. But I missed out on some great people because of my. Mm-hmm. And, and and to add to that, uh, in the fifth of my four tattoos, um, a lot of times people have gotten certain things before they were saved. You know, like I've gotten my tattoos when I was like a teenager, early 20s, you know, I've grown, I've, you know, grown so much since then, you know, and when I look back, I'm like, why did I get that? You know, um, I've had piercings, you know, we've all done certain things when we were younger, when we were immature, when we was not saved, you know, that you wouldn't have had now. Now, of course, the tattoos, that's something that I can't remove. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's a reminder of what I used to be, where I've come from, how far I've grown, you know, so um, that definitely would have been such a tragic for Talton had he been stuck in his superficial ways and missed out on a 
a dime because of something like that. You know, it was, okay. God was just preserving <laughs> Great me. loss. He was just preserving me for a specific heart. time. He wanted to keep me shielded from all these other, you know, great women out there. He was like, keep you focused away from them. Then I'm going to open you up. Open your eyes. In right. 2015. Look at the Lord. Two children later. That's why you never judge a book by its cover. And another thing, um, for those of you that are constantly dating and uh, looking for your spouse, a lot of people have this list. Like, put that list away because honestly, you know, honestly, God has something totally different from your plan. It's totally different. Had I, had I been, had I been sticking to my list, I would have never had other kids other than my first son because I say, well, if he make 10 and if I hadn't been married by the time he's 10, I'm done. My biological clock has done ticked out and I'm done. And you can't tell God your plans. You know, he have something totally different in store for you. This was mine with kids. So I kind of shared the fortunate with the, you know, having kids, but Mine was, I wanted to, I, I did the math. So I was like, okay, I don't want to have a kid under 18. I don't want to be 50 and I want and have kids under 18. So I did the math and that was, that'll put me at like 24 to have all my kids. And at the age of 24, I was nowhere near <laughs> marriage. So yeah, it, I, I missed the mark. <laughs> I didn't have my I mean, first one until about 30, what? What is it, JJ? 35, 34? So, oh yeah, I missed mm-hmm. that mark by a decade. Well, look, in that case, we all, I know I missed it because I just had a child at 38, <laughs> and my child made a month today. So, and I'm thinking, I wanted, I mean, in my perfect world, I wanted to be married between 21 and 25. You know, at least around that time, you're still young. You got, you love about them bones don't be boning no more. <laughs> and she ain't even, and she barely, and she barely moving. So I'm like, Lord, what's gonna happen when she 16? When she, I'm, 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 I'm wait, forget 16. When she hit that terrible twos and threes. Yeah, I just did some old math, and I was like, okay, now that I have kids, when am I gonna be free? Right. <laughs> I'm never going to be free, but I'm like, okay, let me, when, when can I get them out the house? And when can I look forward to maybe grandkids? And I'm like, dang. Mm-mm. I have a list. I don't care what y'all ah. talking about. <laughs> Listen. Somebody said, Julie said, I feel like most of our Christian folks are single because of unrealistic expectations. Amen. Unrealistic and I ain't single. Listen, <laughs> I have a whole, <laughs> I have a whole list. Let me tell you. So early in my dating life, I did not have a list. I was I I am probably one of the least judgmental people you will meet. So I dated all types of people when I was just having fun. No rhyme or reason. I had to have a list. I was like, look, God, God, look, all right, because I'm messing up here. I need all these things. But give me what you want me to have because I don't know how to pick. But everything on my list, I felt like was very realistic. It still is very realistic. And but when I gave that list, I gave my committed my plans and asked God what he wanted me to do. I, I 
I think that's the only time where I got every single thing on my list. I don't, I have not had to compromise with anything on my list with my current person. Well, you hey, that you had a list. You had a list. I did. I, I had a list and um, you met everything on my list. But the difference is my list was God's list. So when we put down our selfish will and submit to the will of God and we want the things of God, then now we're getting our list because we're seeking the face of God and he's given us everything that we want. See, he made us, he's our creator. So we can't beat him given. So we can't go to the person that created us and tell us what we need. Mm -hmm. He's our creator. So when I stopped doing it Toya way and I stopped dating knuckleheads and this and that because I was doing it my way and I subjected myself to God's way, he internally and spiritually grew me up and gave me the desires of my heart through his will. And that that's how you came, babe. Now let me oh let me add this because it's low-key testimony, because you know I ain't with all that, but low-key <laughs> testimony, let me tell y'all. So, all right. So I believe that um our somebody in the comments said that our list evolves as we grow. I think our list also evolves, if you have a list, evolves as we heal. So the list that I thought I needed before I like got closer to God, went to therapy, worked on my trauma. It was like, I need a man with money. He got to be 6'2". He got to be bald head with a beard, a couple tattoos, a little like medium, like that type of stuff, right? Medium, ugly, whatever, right? So it was all that. And I got all of that stuff in different people, but I was not happy. It just kept ending. It wasn't what I really needed. So I had to heal and I prayed like, God, allow me to see myself the way you see me because I didn't see the value and the beauty and all of those things and that literally if you saw i was always real cute right but then i got older and there was a time where i was like in my early 30s and i was like this is the first time i looked in the mirror and i saw a beautiful woman but for all, everybody was like oh you're beautiful you this but i never saw that and how was i looking for something on a list when i couldn't even see myself the way god saw me so i didn't you know i what i got wouldn't even have been what I was deserving of. So I had to heal and then I kept my list, but it evolved, it changed because I wanted something different than it was like a, a Christian man, a man of value who communicates and all these things. And you know, you gotta go through a healing process too. So let me ask this question. I understand you had your list, but what happens when all the things on your list come, but it don't come packaged like you want it? Oh, it's packaged, but like oh. I want it. But oh. now if it hadn't come packaged, <laughs> I'm just asking no because because see here's the thing we sit up here like you say I, I always say the old folks say if you want to make the Lord if you want to make the Lord laugh tell the Lord your plan and I'm sitting up here and I'm like well in that case if we making the Lord laugh we tell our plans we right now our listen we tell God what we want but what happens I'm be like Lord you know my heart like Lord for <laughs> like what if you like okay like you said you wanted a guy that was bald mustache. But what if you got somebody that was four foot eight bold with a mustache? <laughs> but he got money. But he got money. I'm saying, like, how you go? That's what I'm saying. Is like, so here's the thing. Like, we 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 say we say that we trust God with our list. But when when God gives us our list, but it doesn't look like what we want it to look like, do we still receive that package? Hmm. 
I ain't gonna lie and say I would. Nope. <laughs> I was gonna be like, God, look, go back to the drawing board, Lord. You said the prayers of the righteous. Of the Lord, here I am. And see, oh. a lot of times, a lot of times, real talk, we ask for certain things that we ourselves are not ready for. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we some some people may desire to be married but you know you praying to be married because you're in love with the idea of marriage but marriage is work you know i i had to grow up a lot still growing up a lot because you have to pretty much subject your life your entire life to become one with somebody else that grew up a whole nother way that you grew up so now mm -hmm. the two has become one so y'all learning each other even though you grown you taking two grown bodies you know and in my case i was a single mom for 14 years so and i didn't i didn't have a male figure in the house so i indirectly became a man so i'm bossy controlling and all of this other stuff because that's what i had to do for so long so now you have a a, a man that comes in a picture that is a real man and here i go with my little feminine masculine you know self and now you coming together and here it is i was just snotting and crying praying for my husband but are you really ready to receive the husband are you really ready for that role of submission you know because we that's another thing that we get mixed up submission women think that submission is you have to bow down and do what the man say you know what i'm saying and that's not what true submission is you know it's just a, a form of honoring and respecting and i struggled with that if i want to if i have to be real i struggled with that because of the role that i was put into prior to meeting my husband so a lot of things that we pray for ask god you know to make sure that you are completely healed and ready to receive it because we may be asking something that we're not ready to handle we praying a miss mm -hmm. all right so we're gonna transition a little bit sticking around super bowl though so another big part of the super bowl is the commercials so this year, you know, commercials were ranging upwards of like $7 million just to get the ad itself. Then you have to add in your production costs and all that. And a lot of these commercials, I saw like A-list actors, like a lot of A-list actors, actresses in, in these commercials. Um, I didn't see this one live, but Kanye, y'all saw that Kanye commercial? He... Mm -hmm. He's, he bought the ad for $7 million, but he was like, you know what? I paid the $7 million. I'm not putting no more money into this production, so I'm going to just do it myself. So he shot he shot it on his phone in a car, and he just was like, hey, what's up, y'all? It's Kanye. Whoop-de-whoop-de-woo. Go, go on the website, buy some stuff. And like he sold like $17, $19 million worth of stuff. So he made his profit back, and he didn't put nothing in the production. So everybody was like, Man, you know, that's the thing now, you know, that's the thing we go. So don't be surprised next year if, if <laughs> the production value goes down. But I mean, he's kind of, he is the product in a sense. So he could do that. Right. I don't think other brands get away with that. Um, so what was y'all, y'all, did y'all see the Super Bowl commercials or did y'all have a favorite that anybody that stuck out? Mine was the, uh, the one with the donuts, the Dunkin', the Dunkings or something. 
when uh old bar showed up to j-lo recording session and did a whole song and all the actors was in there and it was like so that was mine but i don't know if y'all I wasn't too I wasn't too interested in the Super Bowl or the, the commercials. It just was all about trying to see what this halftime show was gonna be about. And I really ain't even see I saw bits and pieces of that. I saw when Jermaine Dupree came out there looking like CeeLo oh. Green. <laughs> the socks. I should have put the socks on. <laughs> the church socks. I, I mean I, now I say I say and we I we were having this conversation earlier. I mean, if you look at it, the past few Super Bowl shows have been kind of different in a way. And it's like trying to figure out which direction they're going in. You know? Usher paid, looked like he paid homage to like the previous Super Bowls before him. He kind of mixed it all together. Some yeah. people said, I heard, I saw somebody say, y'all. Y'all that had about four, three or four, five black Super Bowls in a row, so y'all don't look forward to next year because they. <laughs> and, and and the bad part about it is the next year they coming to New they Orleans. They coming to so. New Orleans though, so I mean, who we got? Uh, they gonna put Taylor Swift up next year. No, <laughs> so don't we have like Harry Connick or somebody from New Orleans? Uh, who wants to see Harry Connick? I don't think he's gonna be a Super Bowl. I'm just saying, like, I'm just. Thinking I mean, of I mean, you got a better chance. You got a better uh, chance of getting Marcus John Baptiste up there. They call him a genius. We must be talking about Kanye. Kanye. Uh huh. So I didn't watch the Super Bowl. Sports us feminine women go into right. the kitchen and make hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, it's a lot of women that watch the Super Bowl, <laughs> and especially this one. I was happens. making money. <laughs> So I did find out that Timu was actually pronounced Temu. Hey. That's insane. That, that was a Super Bowl commercial. Tamu. That was one. <laughs> oh, it's Tamu, not Temu. Tamu. Tamu. Okay. Tamu. Tamu. I was calling it Timu. I also Timu. learned that 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 Sheen website is actually Shein. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that. I just found that out like yesterday. So there's one one commercial in particular that has the religious community uproar. Um, so I'm going to play that one, and then we can react to it. Go to TikTok. Don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you. Okay, let me stop that real quick. So, this commercial had uh, social media in uproar. Um, so he gets us. It's an organization. They've they've done plenty of campaigns 
Um, so what you think? I'm gonna get y'all reactions first. Oh, <clears throat> what stood out to me about that commercial was the fact that they had look looks like a priest or a pastor or something um, washing the feet of a homosexual um, at the end. And to me, it's like their message at the end that says uh, Jesus never taught hate. He taught, um, you know, he gets us or whatever. So it just sounds like they're trying to, um, of course, God is a God of love. We know that. Um, but God is, a, he's also a God of um, judgment. God does judge and his righteous judging. Um, I feel as though the, what they're trying to portray is that Jesus is just going to accept everybody and like everybody is, you know, going to heaven. Nobody's going to hell. God is, you know, love is love. We're all sinners are welcome. You know, yes, Jesus has died on the cross for our sins. Right. But everybody not going to heaven. Like, and we have to stop with this false narrative. And a lot of people have strayed away. A lot of churches, a lot of pastors have strayed away of teaching the word of God. You know, they just want to have this patty cake, you know, Santa Claus. Oh, you get a gift and you get a gift and you get a gift. Like everybody going to get a gift. Everybody going to heaven, you know, and that's not what it is. Like, Yes, come as you come as you are. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes, we can love on you. We can we can accept you. But once you have a true encounter with Christ, you cannot remain the same in His presence. God is not a man that shall lie. His word will never return unto Him void. So if He calls certain things an abomination, that's what it is. It's not going to turn around and change just to fit your comfortability. It's not going to happen so i feel like we need to express love yes show love and embrace everybody in their particular sin but don't stay in it that's the difference so i don't necessarily agree with that commercial um for as just continue to do what you do and jesus gonna love you anyway yeah he shows us grace and mercy but there's going to be a time where judgment will come the wrath of god will show that's my take on it okay so you're fortunate i i just read the comment that somebody said that they spent instead of them spending 14 million dollars on that um <laughs> <laughs> on this commercial they could have used this on something else too yeah that was a reaction it, it's it's crazy like um i definitely understand what toy is saying um and i also for 14 million dollars i think i would have projected jesus a lot totally different than what i projected him because I think we keep on trying to make him for everybody and accepting for everybody and it's really I'm not saying he's not for everybody, but I think we need to stop trying to justify our foolishness and say that Jesus is incorporated in it. Because it's like we, we want to put him and say, okay, I, I can do whatever, but as long as I put Jesus on it, it's all good. It's not. 
So I think I'm I'm with Toy on that, but I think they could have spent that. I mean, I'm glad that for fourteen million dollars, at least Jesus' name was broadcast to millions of people. Mm-hmm. But they could have did it a little bit differently. So, so one of the uh, one of the the main things that stuck out was the the washing of the feet. That was the theme of the the commercial. So they were showing how I guess they were bringing different world. Like so, they brought like a a woman outside of an abortion clinic and a lady washing her feet. Then you had uh, older white male and older black male, and they were had they put in a in a little thing and it was coming together. And so they brought all these d- different I guess you would call them buzz topics or buzz you know situations that we have in our society, and they brought them together in a foot washing, you know, kupaya or whatever. And the thing, that was the theme of the commercial. So the, the thing that got mistranslated when you got into, I guess, people's reactions that are in, you know, from the Christian community was, you know, Jesus, they're portraying him as washing everyone's feet in the world like he went on he would just go to places and just wash everybody's feet he would wash sinners feet he would wash everybody's feet and the the, the contention was that Jesus didn't wash everyone's feet like that he he only washes disciples feet so that was their big point of emphasis you know he he did you, he did hang with you know tax collectors and sinners he did go into their communities he did dwell within them but his message was, was always one of repentance to them, and he always changed them. So they didn't necessarily, they came and followed him after he was done with them, basically. So mm-hmm. that was kind of the the pushback that a lot of people had with it. Um, and then presenting it at the end saying, hey, you know, Jesus didn't preach hate, he preached love, and, you know, he gets us. Um, and then I saw the comments with, uh, you mentioned the fourteen million dollar budget that they spent. Um, you know, you have to look at who who's over the organization, um, who put the money up. You know, um, th- these are like multi billion dollar people. I think is one of the guy. I don't know if he's still the owner of it, but the guy that owns Chick Fil A, like the big the big Chick Fil A, and um, what's the other company? Um, Hobby Lobby. I think. They own it and they, well, he started it and then somebody took it over. But, you know, we're talking about billions of dollars. So, you know, $14 million to them is not. And then they, they do these campaigns, you know, year after year. Um, but is the, the people that are kind of behind the campaign, is their doctrine in line with biblical doctrine? Are they pushing an agenda that, is biblical or are they pushing an agenda that's you know the universalist the oneness uh what's the what's the 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 title when you when you see all the religions put together on a little logo and it's like merging them all i forgot what they call it but universalist church or something like that yeah something like that i'm if i'm confused it's really hard for me to formulate an opinion because i don't understand the intent the per- like most commercials are meant to sell like persuade you to purchase something to persuade a person to do something i don't understand 
what was it pushing forgiveness repentance like what so they were pushing the they so at the end of the commercial they had a website link and they said he gets us.com or something and they wanted you to go to the website and then when you get to the website there's more information about their campaign and what they represent and things like that so that's what um, i want to know what is the campaign is it hey up now that you're here you have a chance to repent or is it something else um so no they don't they don't talk about repentance they don't talk about sin they don't talk about any type of uh heaven or hell issues they only kind of talk about just being accepted everyone gets accepted as you are jesus gets us you're fine it's all about love they appreciate so, more of that love so 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 it's kind of like they're almost pushing the agenda of the gospel of inclusion let me see if i can pull up the website Super Bowl was a perfect platform to deceive the masses. And I totally agree. Um, Y'all, let's be real. We're living in the last days now. Um, the Bible speaks that there will be false prophets, right? There will be the Antichrist. There will be wars, rumors of wars. There will be a famine in the land. There, you know, it's mass deception, right? That's going on. So people, you know, know Jesus. Um, well, people can identify Jesus, but a few people really know him and in order for you to know him you have to have a relationship with him so if they can get in front of these people and say oh jesus is love they know that people want to be accepted they know that people want to feel a part of something right so if they push this message oh everybody is loved every keep doing what you're doing because that's what i got from it keep doing what you're doing jesus gets us he he ain't gonna condemn you he gets you it's okay he loves you keep doing what you're doing to me that's a deception because if you keep doing what you're doing if you keep living in sin if you keep wallowing in sin and you thinking that you're brainwashed thinking that oh jesus gets you he's going to accept you and you never change you never really get that that renewing of your mind you never get that 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 encounter with jesus for real to change your ways to you know change your heart to live a life of repentance then guess what when you leave this earth you was already it's, you caught up you know you never had that opportunity because you just thinking oh jesus gets me and i can keep doing what i'm doing so i think that they are pushing their agenda you know no when we went to the site it wasn't about you know repentance it wasn't about um you know getting saved it wasn't about you know the scriptures of the holy you know the the true and living bible it wasn't any of that it was pushing an agenda and i think that that was the perfect platform and the, the enemy would spend millions of dollars to deceive you so that's why in this world you have to get to know the word for yourself don't listen to other people you have to try spirit by spirit and guard your eyes and your ears that's that's my take on it all right i'm gonna so, use some of the comments that said it was left wide it was left too wide open um just to say this, it's it's no in my opinion that this worldly platform will truly allow some type of spiritual deliverance message this is a lie from the enemy and an intent to deceive mm -hmm. I, I agree 
Um, and I think I think we we've become too when it comes to Christianity or religion. Um, they, if I'm not mistaken, it was a quote that said, "If you don't stand for anything, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything." Mm-hmm. And I, I'm realizing that a lot of what we're falling for has been presented for, presented to us, and it's pre- been presented in a way that it's it looks good. So because it looks good, a lot of people gravitate to it. So the first thing I see, like okay, like we talked about it um, a couple of weeks ago, um, with the William Murphy and the swag surfing thing. And how they were doing it in the church, you know, we joked about it, but um, Jesus even talked about it, and, and this was something like God had dealt with me with this morning while I was driving on my way to church, on how when it talks about like the church of Laodicea and all of those churches in Revelations, God, he the candlestick was blown out because he said, look, either you're gonna be hot or you're gonna be cold. If you lukewarm, I'm gonna spit you out of my mouth. And I think we've become so lukewarm in what we call religion or what we call um, Christianity that people take it so lightly that something could be put out, it can reach masses and they can think it's doing positive but can really be doing more damage than positiveness. So I think we have to learn we have to we have to be able to discern what the real message is behind it. And when you identify what the real message is, then you can deal with it properly. I'll I'll say this. Um, this may not come across the right way. I'm not sure if it's intended to. But there are some people who, when exposed to church, will never find Jesus, will never seek Jesus, right? But there are people who, when exposed to Jesus and if given the opportunity to learn about Jesus, okay, they will go to church. They will change things about their life. They will be renewed. Their minds will be transformed. All of these things. I don't, I'm not saying that I, I agree with this campaign because I don't know enough about it. I haven't even looked into it. But if the invitation is, hey, I don't care who you are. Here is a little information about Jesus. Let's see what it means for your life. What is what is wrong with just that part, not all of the other stuff? Um, so the information about Jesus that they were given was false. So just because they put the name Jesus, I mean, you have people that try to mimic Jesus and make a mockery of him all the time. That don't mean we're gonna follow that. You just had little eye, what's his name? Little um Lil Nas X. Yeah, he just had himself in a video on a cross crucifying like he was Jesus. And we know that he represents Satan's kingdom. So just because somebody cried Lord Lord or, or they say Jesus' name, that don't mean we are so gullible and we're gonna follow. You know, that's where you get deceived. That's where that false deception coming at. And so 
I would not want to just follow somebody that just says Jesus that has an agenda because the enemy knows he his his goal is to kill, steal, and to destroy. And so he know people not going to go to church. A lot of people not going to go to church. So if he can get it on a platform, because like you said yourself, you've never known commercials to um have this type of message it's always been about selling a product or anything like that so why why do they feel the need to uh place 14 million dollars on the ad and not even tell you nothing about the truth and living god because there's only one god i mean i don't care how many other gods people think that that's that they serve there's only one true and living god and so if you're not serving that god you're serving other gods that that's so very very briefly on the site because i'm just scrolling i don't know i haven't looked into this i'm going to read because y'all got me interested so this thing says the people backing this campaign believe that jesus is who the bible says he is he like i don't know like i don't understand if if they're saying for example jesus is who the bible says he is right what i get it just if we just looked at that right what does that mean to you all? So we got to, okay, here's, here's one of the biggest things. If they're saying that we're going after, we're talking about Jesus of the Bible, which Jesus of the Bible are we talking about? Because you got Jesus that went into the temple and turned over the tables. Mm -hmm. You got Jesus who encountered a man at the pool and told the man, get up and walk. We got the same Jesus who walked. Who, who 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 encountered who encountered the Pharisees and the Sadducees with a woman who was caught in the midst of adultery and told them he who had who's without sin cast the first stone. We got a Jesus who fed five thousand, but we also got a Jesus that was ridiculed by church folk and was put on the cross by church folk. So which Jesus are we talking about? Are you suggesting that there are several different Jesuses in the Bible? Hey, I thought he was the same as <laughs> he's the same person, but this is what I'm saying. Which Jesus are you trying to make everybody pick? But they just say the Bible. Am I, I'm right, with but, you, that's, but then you but, lost me. Like you turned what like, Bible? You, I following you, and then you but, like no, turned on see, Playboy. And I, it's not. Like, I get what he's saying. I mean, Jesus, he's one person, but he has multiple roles. He he yeah. could be your doctor. He could be your attorney. He could be whatever you need him to be. So I get what he's saying. Is what was Jesus's first sermon? His first message that he preached. The he talked about the sermon on the mount. You talking about when he talked about the beatitudes when he was actually teaching his disciples and the people just so happened to come up and be a part of it his first message he said repent that was the first thing out of his mouth that was john the baptist no that was jesus john the baptist i know the song from sunday school so john i think the i think the issue with um the campaign itself is if you Go, dig through the site <clears throat> yeah they're inviting people on the surface level that never been to church they're in a lifestyle that's not no nowhere related to church so they're just on the surface hey here's an invitation come learn about jesus if you're trying to learn about that same jesus on their website the actual repentant heart jesus you're not going to get that on their website right uh, if you go digging for it and you really are looking for it you'll eventually find it because jesus you are you've already said hey jesus come into my life but usually those type of people may, may not be looking for jesus or they may not know to ask jesus to come 
So they may go to the website and inadvertently think, oh, Jesus loves everybody. I'm, I can be who I am and Jesus loves me. So they may feel more comfortable in what their lifestyle is and what they're living in. And they may not even get any understanding of, hey, this is something that, you know, I need to turn my life around and change. They may just feel, hey, look, Jesus was okay with all, like, he's so, cool with this. He loves me regardless. So basically, so basically, we're giving them a washed out version of who Jesus is. Business friendly Jesus. Yes, that's what they call it. So in that case, we really send the folks to hell. Based upon just teaching that <laughs> I mean, campaign, yes. I mean, basically, that's what we be doing. It's all you gotta remember. Yeah. It's it's a deception. They take part of the truth. Like, yeah, Jesus, Jesus is love. Like, he's the God of love. That's the agape love that that God gives us, right? But it don't just stop there. See, that's the thing. They want to take that part and just stop there. Like, Jesus just this fake gummy bear Santa Claus. No, that's not the case. Like, you can't just stop there. You know, God has called us to a spirit of repentance. And once you get to know him and he enters in you, you can no longer walk in darkness. Light and darkness cannot coincide together. So therefore, a spirit of conviction will come up over you right and you will want to change because now that christ is on the inside of you i have turned from my ways i don't want to do those things no more i don't have to taste of the desire not that you can't do it you don't have the desire because you want to do what's pleasing to him but if you don't know what's pleasing to him and you going off of what these people telling you oh just come as you are god is love jesus is love ain't no change yeah that's false you sending people to hell and people the the word says people are destroyed by what a lack of knowledge so when you don't get and know the word for yourself you're going off of ignorance and a lack of knowledge and god already said that you will be destroyed so we got so if a person has never heard about christ ever and they grew up in a home where it wasn't talked about. They didn't go to certain Christian schools. And the first time they ever heard about Jesus was the Super Bowl, right? And they see this message and they're like, oh, I want to know a little bit more. And they go to this website and they're like, oh, it's not a church. It's not this. They're not judging, whatever, right? And maybe it encourages them to open their Bible. Maybe it encourages them to go on a YouTube search of, you know, what who Jesus is. Maybe it leads to something more. I don't know. Again, I, I hate to give opinions on things when I have not done enough research. So I'll go with what you all said. But I think maybe, yeah, their message could be misleading. But I think if it opens the door for people to know more about Jesus, then I'm not saying the message is OK, but I'm saying I'm grateful that Jesus was talked about during that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree about I, I mean, I agree upon at least he was talked about on that time. Now, the way that it may have been portrayed. It is different, but I mean, so that's the world question. we live in. We had a question come in a comment saying, um, so are we saying that Jesus purposely on earth was to preach love or was it to teach repentance? That's what we need to open our eyes to. Jesus' so, soul, Jesus' sole purpose was to come to reestablish a relationship with us and God, with us and his father, because that relationship had been torn uh due to the lack of discipline in the garden 
So is that love or is that repentance? That's both. Because he taught love and he taught repentance. Okay. He showed you love and then he, okay. When we look at one of the, one so, of the okay, people so I pointed out. Yeah. So, one of the people I pointed out was the woman that was called in the midst of adultery. This woman, when they brought her to her, the first thing he said was he who was without sin cast the first stone. The Bible says, then he stooped down. After he stooped down, everybody that was there left. Then he asked the woman, he says, woman, whoever the people that accused you. He says, so I don't condemn you either. He says, go your way and sin no more. He offered her repentance, but he showed her love in the same moment. And that's what that's what the ministry of repentance really is, is showing love and causing you to bring change into your life. Okay, you just hit the nail ball out of the park. So why in all of everything, campaigns, $14 million campaigns, all these, why did everything, videos, commercials, do we leave the second part out? You got the first part and you got the second part. I just asked you, you put them together. So why do we always tell half the story? Why we never tell both sides of the story in that same setting? If that's who Jesus is, why do I say Jesus is just, just love? Why don't put the second part? Why we leave that part off? Because we don't want to call people to the Dr. carpet Kevin's on that thing. Correct. So, so they're pushing the half truth. So that's that's the issue with it. It's it's not that that part that the love part is bad, and we we're, we're saying hey, don't do that. We're saying just tell the whole story. It's so easy. Mm -hmm. You just put it together perfectly in one in one complete thought. You were able to put that together. So why we can't do that consistently? That's all we. That's all I'm saying. Because we don't want to offend people. If I call if I call you to the carpet on your sins or if I call you to the carpet on something that's wrong, people, the biggest thing is nobody likes to be called to the carpet. All we don't like being critiqued. And the moment we feel like someone is calling us to the carpet or calling us or critiquing us, a lot of times we shy away from that and we don't want to receive it. And so in in essence, it pushes us away from even receiving what the person is giving us because we already feel offended. The average person, when you tell them that they are doing wrong, feels offended without you even, with, without even hearing out what you said was offensive. And so when it comes to religion, because it feels like so much is law and so much is offensive, the first thing people does is they get offended without, without allowing you to tell the story of why this is what it is so if i offered you a, if i offered someone a piece of gum do you think they'd get offended or you think they would accept the, the piece of gum some people get offended yeah so, some that people person, do. so that person that gets offended and doesn't accept the piece of gum is that good for them or is that bad for them if i'm offering it for if i'm offering it for that reason you offering it for your convenience. That person might not even see that there's a problem. They might be good with what it is. Thank you. Thank that's, you, that's, that's, So you don't that's, think that's affecting them? You? you don't think that's affecting them? No, that's affecting you, not them. They're comfortable in it's this affecting stuff. affecting everybody. They, <laughs> <laughs> they cool. <laughs> Brett Funky walking around. You the only one bothered. So the issue that I have um, with a lot of topics when it comes to the sins, uh, you know, homosexuality or anything like that the issue that i have is that is not that you know they the people always say oh you're judging right 
That's the first thing people want to say. But just like he just explained that Jesus taught love and repentance. And it's about your approach. I can accept you because I love you. The Bible also teaches love thy, thy neighbor, love, you know, your brother and your sister. So I love you, but I love you enough to want you to repent and turn from your ways so i should be able to come to you in a certain manner not not come in attacking you because you know we all we all have fallen short right of the glory of god so no it's not coming at you it's coming to you out of a love you know so it's not judging it's is how you say something it's not what you say it's how you say it, your approach and then once you embrace that person and let them know i love you it's just the things that you're doing that christ does not love you know so let me show you this side of it you know it's a two-way thing you can't just you it's know and, and, that the ad was loving i think they approached it with love and gentleness but i think again as we all agree they just left some stuff out and so maybe if they'd added that it would have been and the stuff they left out was important that was the that was important correct yeah so so there's a sex uh uh reflections uh category i want to go into for our next topic um, let me put that on the screen real quick. So in my personal experience, you know, I was born in the 80s, you know, came up in the 90s. Uh, I've been called sarcastic. I have a sarcastic personality, mm. um, sense of humor. Um, that was kind of the, the word, you know, the early 2000s, 90s, maybe. Um, I've always been just blatantly honest so i'll just say it or i won't say anything so if it's you know something on my mind i'm gonna just speak it and some people may say that's sarcastic they may say i'm just an a-hole they just i've been called a lot of things um i was working at a when i first came back to baton rouge i was working at a hotel and my staff um introduced me to this word petty I had never been called that before. Um, so, you know, certain things I was, I, I had to change a lot of things and put things in order. So I was just calling out different errors and calling out certain things. Um, I would joke about some of the things I would say some things directly and I just got labeled as petty, Mr. Petty, Mr. Petty. I was like, what, what is this petty word? I'm not petty. I don't, I don't know. Like that had a different meaning to me. Um, you know, like something small, something little, like petty, you know, petty theft, a small crime or something like that. But the things I'm saying is actually true. It's actually like, we need to change this. We're doing this, this thing wrong and we need to change it. So as time has gone on, that word has just become a part of our society now. Petty. Oh, you petty. Oh, you being petty, like petty queen, petty king. So I was thinking about it, I was reflecting on that thought, and I was like, is is this petty, this petty word like a, a an attack low key on the truth? Like has the truth just been labeled in a sense as petty? 
So if uh-huh. I if I call you petty for telling the truth, I'm attacking the truth, then I'm reducing you from speaking that truth for fear of being labeled. You know, now we have cancel culture. We have all of these labels. So if I can label the truth as petty, then people will stop telling the truth. Uh, I think petty is an attack on communication style. Um, if someone is calling you petty, I, I, first of all, petty is it to me. I, when I hear petty, I hear people who react to things versus responding to things, right? Petty people meet one action with another action. They're like, if you say blue, I'm going to say bluer. It's like they have to be right. So there's three types of communicators. Y'all know what they are, passive, assertive, and aggressive. Passive people tend to be more on the petty side because they don't feel that they can communicate directly or without sarcasm, which is basically thinly veiled aggression, right? So they're passive and people cannot receive passive communication. People also cannot receive aggressive communication properly. So if you're aggressive, you're that person who's constantly using you statements. You did this, you, 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 you better, you need to, you whatever. Passive people are more like, well, maybe we need to, all right, everybody, let's do this. Uh, uh, uh." Assertive people simply say, hey, I need this done. This is how we need to get it done together as a team. I think petty people fall on the passive side of the spectrum. I, I can't deal with petty communicators. Whoever tells the truth, the assertive person is going to be heard. What do you call like all three in the one? A hot mess. You cannot be petty, <laughs> assertive, and aggressive all at one time because that means you're cold switching. You're switching up your communication style with everybody and you're an ineffective communicator. You want to be assertive to be heard. If you're petty, you're passive. Are you passive aggressive? One of the two. You can mm. be passive aggressive, but you can't be assertive aggressive. You can't be assertive passive. You either assertive or you're not. I have to think about that. I never, I never uh, thought about it from that perspective. That's a interesting take. Just read him his rights, and then he didn't even know it. <laughs> Think he's all three. <laughs> Are you? You're a bad communicator if you're all three, all right? I'm just being, look, you got to be assertive. Okay, but. I, 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 I definitely agree with what she, I definitely agree with what she said. And I, I also look at when, when a person, when a person tells you that you're petty, like you say, I feel like they're shying away from a truth that you're telling them. Or if you're critiquing them, if you're giving them honest critique or some constructive criticism. And they say, oh, you petty for that. It's not that I'm petty. I see something and I'm identifying it so that way you know it and you can correct it. And I think people don't like people don't want to hear the truth. Mm-mm. You know how they say the truth don't care who tell it. It does. Listen, if a passive person tells me the truth, if the passive person says, oh, hey, you want to stick a gum? Yeah. Whatever. I'm going to be like, oh, no, I'm good. I don't want no gum. If the aggressive person says, look, you need gum, your breath be stinking, you be fucking up the room, we about to fight because I don't want to hear that truth from you because you don't know how to communicate it. The assertive person will say, hey, I think you need some gum, your breath is foul. I'm going to listen to the assertive person, not the other two. The truth does care who tells it. So, I'm just saying. I have no comeback. I don't. So, is the is the person that's receiving it 
is it a responsibility for the person that's giving the information to identify how a person receives information and then switch to, to that would be code switching and switch okay. to that person's reception uh style so they don't like passive aggressive they like assertive so let me talk to them assertively i don't if what if i don't even know you like i don't know i'm just being me so let's say i'm the assertive one and i do that but you don't you can't take assertive you want passive aggressive what how do you how do you navigate that because i mean everybody is not a person that receives assertive you know and i get what you say because you can't give everything to everybody because people are different so it's like i get you trying to figure out how to merge those things i think I, i i don't know honestly i feel like that's like one of those places where you can't really make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. And I think you just have to be who you are. And I think people have to learn how to take people at the place. Well, I hate saying that, that you kind of have to take people where they are. That's my, that's my, so that's where y'all see we went back around the room. So we back to where I'm at. But, but listen, if you but, are at, if you are at you and then people, and you get labeled petty, not by everybody, but certain people, like when I was on that job, I was labeled Mr. Petty. So, but in other, in other arenas, I'm not, I'm the same way and I'm not that label. So it's the people that I were, I was dealing with. That's like, okay, that's petty over here. That's good good job. Like I'm getting awarded, promoted, good job. You're increasing productive. Like, so that's why I feel like it's an attack that word is on attack on the truth because if you're consistently saying something that's true because i mean there's people that's really petty like there is a really like that is a real thing but it's getting it's like the wheat and the tear it's so close that we can't tell a difference right so um my understanding of petty would be i always thought petty would be something like taking a shot at somebody um that's what i thought petty was like for example it was a while ago um talton and i we did um what we did a film it was it was a funny film we never put it out it was like a little skit in real life when i come when i used to come home from work that's when i was working for blue cross blue shield um i would come home from work i'm tired I would still cook dinner, but by this time, the first thing I'm, 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 I'm in my zone. I'm at home. I'm taking off bra clothes. I'm wrapping my hair up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable, right? And I'm cooking dinner, Y'all and I I'm serve. Get you sucker when a uh, old girl took her whole. No, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but I'm cooking dinner. I'm comfortable. I'm serving him dinner. You know, dinner's ready. Whatever. He makes a comment, and he's like um you need to start uh I, I i don't remember verbatim what he said but in other words you need to look better when you presenting food to me you know like keep your hair up you know you know don't come here with no muumu on or your hair wrapped up or whatever and serving me dinner hold Ooh, on talk. so mm-hmm. anyway i had a petty moment because i felt in my mind i'm like <laughs> you know negro you lucky you getting something to eat after i just got off of work working for you know 40 hours a week or whatever okay i'm gonna show you so the next day i put on pearls 
I put on a ball gown <laughs> and I cooked dinner and I served him. And, and he him and my son Zion was looking at me like, what you going? Like you would have thought I was going to the Zulu ball, right? That's my kind of carrying on. Mm -mm. <laughs> I like it. This is the video, by the <laughs> way. To me, that's petty. Like I'm a, you you want this? Okay. I mean, you didn't you didn't appreciate it this way, but I'm gonna give it to you. With, I'm gonna give you what you want. So there you go. To me, I think that's petty. Yeah, I would have yeah. did that. I would have put on the mother church hat with the pearls <laughs> and a whole suit with the little kitten heels. It would have been nice with some gloves too. <laughs> and, and see, so if you pay attention, like we all have our different um, definitions of what petty is. But I mean, in a way, it still kind of brings it back to like an understanding of I think you have to understand a person that you're with mm -hmm. and know what what considered what's considered what it is. Like I think like with Tolton, like when he was saying like people were calling him petty, is it that you were being petty or they just didn't understand who you were? And so because they didn't understand or couldn't take you for who you were, they labeled you a certain way to make it to lessen your value. Well, no, I think I think in that setting that I was in, it was more of a, um, like I said, it could be, it could have been taken as sarcastic, and I think sarcastic sarcasm has evolved into pet, the new petty, mm. um, passive aggressive communication. Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. Just say what you want. Hey, I really like when you cook dinner for me, but I really like when you cook dinner for me and you look nice while you're doing it. I love that. Right. Now, had it been communicated like that, <laughs> baby, look, it wouldn't you have been a problem. <laughs> it no, wouldn't so, have been a problem. No, no. So that, it's that, how you that, communicate. That's the difference. When you talking at me or you throwing shots at me, okay, I'm going to give you what you're looking for. It ain't going to be what you're looking for. So the original so. <laughs> idea for that video was came from, I was saying, my, the message I originally said was, okay, we, we get dressed up for work, we look a certain way we, we go into the world. And then when we come home, we we present a totally different person. So I was just saying, why why don't we keep that consistent? Like, why do we offer the world our best and then we offer, come home and offer our spouse, you know, less than? Why Child do we put on that? Hold on, hold on. I can't know. even lie. I, I can't even lie to And that's you. on both sides. Home and, but home and work is two different things. When you come home, you come home to a place of relaxation. You come to a place where you consider peace. When you go to the work, you have to put on, you have to code switch. You have to put on a certain person to be presentable for work at that moment. Mm -hmm. So it's not, I mean, it's not that we're giving the world our best because honestly speaking, you're actually giving the world uh, a made up version of you that they can take. At home, you get the real me. Job don't get the real me. The world don't get the real me. And imagine Denzel Washington showing up as that character of training day at home, all at work. Man, that man will be exhausted. You gotta have some space where you can just chill. Picture, picture him being Frank Lucas. Frank Lucas all night, Lord. I'm just saying. But okay, so when you dating, you not doing that. Who? Better ask the guy I'm dating. I'm <laughs> sorry. Facetime with the bonnet and the little. When you dating somebody, y'all live in y'all separate spaces. 
when y'all meet up, you giving mm -mm. them that world version of you. No, you get it all. Cause the first thing I, I'm sorry, Man, my wife. On. No, my wife will tell you. I, I promise you, my wife. No, my wife will tell you. The first thing I told her is, when we meet, I don't want to see you with makeup on. If you got a wig, I don't want to see you in no wigs. I want to see you when you wake up, because I want to know what I'm getting married to. Okay, so not what I'm looking at at that moment, because so a lot of times we marry an image of a person, or we get into relationships with the image of a person. So why the image this we bring the image to work but you're not that image at home i don't think you should bring the image to work either so if i so if i so if you went to work without shaving with just a t-shirt on I and some shorts li no listen you went to work with some shorts some dad shorts on with them long dad socks and a t-shirt are they gonna respect you as talking the manager no because yeah they would but <laughs> i can't do that because there's a dress code so right. if you so what's my dress code at home comfortable well we need new dress codes at home what, what you mean about we see i go to sarcasm right there see you petty that's that passive aggressiveness right there that's <laughs> petty that's, that's, that's petty saying we need new dress codes at home is petty that's petty so, what so I'm you saying dress, is we should so you be, want to dress at home what I'm the saying same is way the effort that we put in to to providing an image to the world we should we should consider our home the people that we say we love and put first we should give that same effort Let I'm not me, saying you got to be dressed up at I home agree. all day. like I, I'm not going to be dressed up at home extent. I could be in sweats but still be you know give you I'm not talking about being presentable so to speak I'm saying like acting sluggish like put some energy in, at home too don't just go to work and give so like, i'm the so, best, so, so, I'm the best so, so, manager and then i get home and i don't do this i don't do that i'm 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 lazy at home so so basically what you're saying is toy you need to wear sweats with a full face of makeup no <laughs> no i'm not I'm saying just that so, at all I'm, let me let me tell you something i'm, I'm a divorced soon to be remarried woman but as a woman who was divorced and felt the pressure of having to be on every day at home i was completely miserable and i could not show up for my husband because i was so busy trying to look a certain way for him my body had to be a certain way i wanted to make sure i had all the nice little jerry's stuff hanging you know around the house and all this this it was too much every single day that's a lot of pressure especially if you're carrying children you're working you're raising babies you're cooking the, the expectations is too much you cannot do that it is an unrealistic expectation and if that is the expectation that you have for a woman then you have to reevaluate where you got those expectations from because they are not realistic and a woman cannot live up to those standards at all your great-grandmother your grandmother and your mama probably kept their husband with a little moo moo on and a little bonnet on their head they weren't walking around the house with lingerie and kitten heels and all that. Y'all know them kitten heels, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Idealist, soft answer turns right wrath. I, That's the I Bible right there. Thank you, Julie. So I, I had a video that I was thinking of while y'all were saying that. Um, it was a woman. I don't know if y'all might have seen it because it's pretty popular. It's a woman. It's like back in the day. I forgot her name. She was like an activist. And I forgot she was talking to an interviewer. And she was saying this was the opposite. She was saying that the man, she was like, you go to work. 
you know, this is a time of, you know, extreme racism, like 70s, 60s, maybe. And she's like, you go there, you fake for these, you know, shuck and jive. But then you come home and you bring that hurt and you dump it on me. And was it Baldwin? Yeah. I thought it was Baldwin. And she was like, you know, why fake it for me too? Like you go in front of these white men and you, you, you know, you hate them or, you know, you don't like what they're telling you to do, but you, you gotta do what you gotta do to take care of your family. So you, you don't, they, they call you out your name, but you don't, you take it. You don't say nothing back. You fake it so you can make it. And then when you come home, you give me the, the real, you give me the pain, you give me the, and she was basically saying, fake it for me too. I have a and, solution. And he was I have saying, a solution. he was saying, no, I gotta be real for you. I gotta tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And a woman was like, no, fake it for me too. Absolutely. Here's the solution. Uh, make your wife a stay at home wife. Uh, make sure she, that she does not have to show up to the white man job and burn all her good energy out there on no, the job. You make sure when it. she, you flipped I, it. This was the woman saying, I, that. I, you said both of them. So look, no, 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 no. That go both ways. You said, you you set yourself up for that one. That's definitely petty. No, we flipped, we flipped it. The woman was saying, husband, I want you to fake it for me like you do at the at the workplace. Don't bring that hurt and pain and throw it on but me. But here's how you fix that. Again, you make your wife a stay-at-home wife so that when it. you come home, you listen, it. when you come home, <laughs> she's going to nurture you and make love to you and love you. You're going to forget about those people at work. Wife. She ain't the dinner gonna already be made. You ain't gonna be worried about all that. You changing the message of the video. I'm you just trying to tell you how to do it. You saw the video. You saw the video. gonna look you, good if she's a stay at home wife. You're changing it. Man. You're changing the message. It all boils down to us having the luxury of being a stay at home. Why? This is a stay-at-home wife. Because I plan to be she was a stay-at-home wife. She was complaining that the husband came home and dumped all of his pain and frustration onto her as the stay-at-home wife. She didn't get the joy. She didn't get to really experience him because he came home. So 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 I guess my question to that is I recognize that feeling. What was he supposed to dump it at? Dr. Kim said I'd work a lot definitely a fake version of my husband so wait what'd she say she said i work a lot and i definitely don't want the fake version of my husband what's considered the fake version so in the in the, in the re- in response to that video she would disagree with the, the woman that was telling the, the story but we're in, we in different time frames too like uh-huh. we're not dealing with that i'm not you know in this our age we're not dealing with that in the workplace as much i don't know people still do but you know, that's a different setting. So we kind of crossing into, you know, 50. I don't feel like anybody, though, to your uh, question for it, and it should be dumping on anybody. That's not the role of a uh, husband or wife. Like you there to support each other and love. But like, dump, don't dump anything on me. Go dump on your therapist and then come back and let's let's talk about what you talked about with your therapist so we can work through some other stuff. So so basically, in so many words, you're just telling me to pay somebody to be my sound, I mean, to be my emotional shoulder. No, I'm saying don't dump on me. Dumping on me and allowing me to support you and show up for you and love you is two different things. If you're dumping on me, you create, you, you, it's a burden. It's like you're, you're loading stuff onto my shoulders that I have to carry. 
I don't think that that's fair. So, for example, I'm a therapist. I work all day with people who are pouring and pouring their stuff out, right? I have to pray about that before I go home to try to leave it. If I go home and then my husband is dumping on me, I'm never off. I shouldn't, but shouldn't my household be the place to where I can come and have that moment and be able to not have to go talk to somebody else about it because my mate who I'm covering and we're covering each other should be able to be able to walk me through that as well or at least just hear me out but is no that but the it's norm? a different is it the it's norm? a different is yeah, it is every that, day yeah, that is that if it's every a, day no like, do you, yeah you need a moment like this week I'm just in the phone work with me but shouldn't like your spouse get to enjoy you like <laughs> Like not that part of you that you're dumping and releasing. You're, I'm not. I like think of like standing behind a car and all you doing is ex smelling the exhaust fume coming out, and that's all you get of the car. You never get to ride in the front. You never get to drive the car. You never get to you know listen to the radio. You don't get to enjoy none of the features of the car. All you get is exhaust fumes. That's it. And that's it's why I'm a, asking it's a because, Mercedes G wagon, <laughs> but that's all you get to do is stand in the back of the G wagon. And, 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 and that's what. I, and and then that's why I asked that question because you're saying like you know if my husband I don't want you to come home and don't but what if he's what if that's not a everyday thing he's just having moments where he's coming hey this is what happened that's you know? different that's different um that's different my um I'm gonna say partner because I don't want to put everybody in my but my partner works in a high risk environment right I want to hear the contents of his day. I want to talk through that. I want to show support, but I don't want him to dump on me because at that point, then I'm feeling overwhelmed. Sometimes those are things that I can't handle because I've dealt with trauma all day. It's a, It can be a lot. And so I, I would encourage my partner, hey, you think you need to talk to a therapist about this? Because I don't have the capacity to help you. I can listen, but I think that you need some help that I can't provide. So... Um, my take on it, um, in a marriage or a relationship, I would think I, I look at my spouse as my best friend. So I tell my best friend everything, my good, my bad, my ugly, whether I'm sad, whether I'm happy. I, I want you mm -hmm. to know the ins and outs of me. That should be nothing that I should have to reserve just for a therapist or this person, like, you know, I, if I'm not going to God in my secret place, praying about it, that's, that should be, and this is not against therapy, but that's where I go to where I know my husband only have a certain level of, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? He can only handle so much, right? You know, he can't take certain pains away of boys that's within me. Only God can do that. So that's why I go to my secret place from, but you best believe I'm going to go and express that to my husband, babe, this is what's going on with me. And if I get to the point to where I feel like that's not a safe space for me anymore, then now you are creating something else to where your spouse is he, he talking to somebody else now that ain't the therapist, maybe yeah, somebody on the job. I think you're misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. So I tell my best friend everything, right? I tell my best friend everything. My partner and I talk about every single thing. But there comes times when I'm like, hey, babe, 
I think I think a therapist can help you process this thing. Or he'll tell me, hey, you think, you know, maybe you want to go to talk to your therapist about that because I, I like, I'm going to listen to you. I support you. I, he validates. We validate each other. But processing is different than talking about something. I don't like pr processing trauma is not the same thing as talking about trauma, which is why so many people go to therapy and say it doesn't work because they go there to talk about it as opposed to reprocessing traumatic experiences. So it's two different things and it's therapist talk, but I think we're, we're not really on the same page when we're, when we're talking about what dumping on a person is versus allowing a safe space for someone to communicate things with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, um, I think, yeah, I think that's, you have to have an exhaust and you have to be able to have that exhaust in a, a place where it's not kind of taken and regenerated back to you. Um, it kind of can be kind of like a catalyst. It can be used up, but not burn itself out. Um, that's what a catalyst is. It's something that can ex ignite something and get something sparked up, but not burn itself out. It's not like a fuel well where it burns out. It's more like it, it maintains itself. Um, back in, uh, you know, when I was in the, in the world, in the streets, you know, in the dating pool, um, I I always kept people around me, um, you know, that were females, especially when I was dating, when I ran into issues or relationship issues, I would go to them and say, hey, this, I would tell them all the whole truth. Like I was very intentional, like this is what I did, this is what they did. Tell me from a woman's perspective, am I tripping? Is she tripping? Oh, and I would, they would, most of the time it'd be me. So they would give me a real perspective, like, hey, you tripping, blah, 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 blah. And then I could be like, dang, I ain't think about it. Cause I, I, I can't hear it from her cause I'm arguing my point. But if I hear it from somebody else, it's like, damn, I'm, yeah. And that, you know, that kind of worked back then. But nowadays, you know, as a marriage, a married person, I don't have that circle around me, obviously, for marital reasons. So, you know, you have to, <laughs> you have to go, you have to have other outlets of exhaust and. To the pastor. I'm, uh, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, I have that outlet and I had to have it because um, a lot of times you, you, you need that other set of ears to hear you. Um, and I, I told that to my wife coming to my marriage. I said, look, I have a lot of female friends. I say they're very close to me. And I introduced it to them. I say, but sometimes I need another opinion. I know it slid in. I don't know how the joker came in, but I'm liking it. But it, it like, you need that other set of opinion you need the other opinion like i have auntie i have aunties i talk to i have females around me that i talk to because sometimes what i see they like you tripping and i bring it to a male and they're like yeah bro you, you you feeling right but then i bring it to but then i bring it to another person another perspective and it's like no you actually tripping so you know Toya, Toya, you know, let him find a woman to kind of have that conversation with. <laughs> so, 
what you said about um you introducing your friends to mm -hmm. your wife yeah that has happened i totally push for him to talk to his friends with certain things i don't want it to be he just stuck you know and it's just me yeah. and that's it now if he's talking to someone that has an issue with me or that's biased or don't want us to be together that's a different story why, why is this conversation about me well he bought you up but go ahead i was just i was just thinking like wait well he said he said toy you gotta let him have friends so that's why i spoke on that but not no new no friends, i i know. oh yeah. no not no new friends no, no 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 Drake said no new no friends. no new friends but i encourage him to have other healthy relationships i don't have a problem with that i want him to long as it's not anybody that's disrespecting the union or somebody that's going to give him good godly counsel and wisdom and not just oh you just my friend i'm gonna stick with you i'm gonna say what that you know i'm gonna agree with whatever you say just because you my friend type of thing no but somebody that's going to be genuine and it's cheaper than counseling <laughs> Not as good. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have the friends over here. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye, everybody. All right. So let's go into closing remarks. How could I have the closing remarks? I mean, you know, we covered our topics was like catapults because we didn't stick to none of them topics we just kind of <laughs> spent them off that was the purpose really like i was like we'll throw this topic because toya was like why i don't i didn't watch the super bowl i don't have i'm not gonna have nothing to say because super bowl i didn't watch it i don't know none of these commercials i don't know why we got to talk about usher hugging somebody i mean they cool with it whatever but i was like stick with me it's just a topic it's gonna spin and go into other things so sometimes you gotta follow the lead sometimes and trust the trust the process. But um, submit. <laughs> Remark uh, regarding the topics uh that we spoke about, um, especially the one with the commercial. Um, I just feel like, you know, I think I, I just want to invite everybody to Jesus. I want everybody to get to know him. Um, he's he's he can be your friend. He could be your healer, your doctor, your whatever you need him to be. He is just that. However, get to know him for yourself. Don't 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 go off of what you heard or what somebody may have said because you don't know the type of relationship that they have. You have to have your own personal relationship and this is a difference between religion. This has nothing to do with religion. Religion is something that you practice. But having a relationship, a true encounter with God, I promise you, you your life will be changed forever. If you don't believe in him, if you, you know, if you never heard about him, get to know him today is the day that you can start get new life it's a breath of fresh air and your heart would change and thirst after him i promise you so that's what i would have to say and if you if you're afraid and you don't have anybody in your corner that's going to lead you to him you can get in any one of our inboxes and we can definitely pray with you and get you on the right track with the lord on the lower side the kingdom side it's the best side all right anybody else have any closing remarks mm, that was good 
And that's summed it all up. Well, that's been another episode of the Secret Place Podcast. I'd like to thank everybody for watching and commenting and sharing your perspectives. I do invite you guys to like our uh, YouTube channel. Uh, so that's going to be at The Secret Place on YouTube. It's with two E's. So if you type in that at The Secret Place, um, share the video. You know, we had a great conversation and just uh, subscribe to the channel to stay up on notifications and things for the future episodes. We do this every Sunday at around this time, about 7 p.m. So. Thank y'all for watching, and we will catch y'all on the next one. See y'all later.